When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, no Pat tonight. Tyler's out. It's me, Pete, and Jake. Going back to our roots, just me and Pete. The old Section 10 days. And Waltham, oh, the basement. I like this producer better. I'll just say that right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Steve this year? Yeah, I've seen him a few times. Went oh, yeah, a, up on the monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah couple times and then yeah. uh we hung out one night without you that was a while ago though that was after what you guys do game. oh that's weird yeah no it was a good time <laughs> we had fun good yeah, time. you guys just hang out it is what it is yeah, it was a good time yeah <laughs> um i just threw a tweet out before we started recording because i was like what did me and Pete talk about when, when we just did the podcast back in the day? And I was like, oh, yeah, we used to do like a bunch of like listener questions. So I threw a tweet out uh, for people to ask questions. And I'm just going to let that fill up a little bit. And then, and then we'll get to that in a little bit. But for now, uh, the Boston Red Sox played a two-game series in Cincinnati. Who fucking cares? <laughs> I mean, who, who fucking cares? I mean, Pete. Certainly Pete not me. Yeah, no, Pete didn't watch the games. I mean, I watched the games, but like, who fucking cares? Uh, Jake's 162 guy. Um, Jake, I'll ask you, is there anything that you cared about in that series? I mean, not really. A couple of good yeah. hits uh, today. I mean, I, I was watching, but I wasn't locked in. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like, think about think about all the people that have probably tuned out of the Red Sox right now. Uh, I mean, it's football season. Sure. Like, pay- like, I'm out. It's I, I decided like a week or two ago. I'm just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the games. I'm giving up on the the 30, obviously, we're not getting there. It's mathematically impossible now. Like, I just, I'm kind of just fully out. What are you at? 14. So, 16 paintballs? Correct. Are you planning on lowering that number? Maybe like once or twice. <laughs> it's not going to be, not going to be significant. <laughs> so, like, regardless, you're going to be eating double digit paintballs this year. Correct. Yeah. And okay. Absolutely. Do you regret the decision? Do I regret the decision? Uh, no, I mean it was really good. Uh, it was really good content. Really kind of like got people on me um, mm-hmm. a little bit and gave me a reason to get to Fenway fourteen times. Like I wouldn't have gone fourteen times. Right. So uh, it was a nice little kick in the pants to get to Fenway as much as possible. But I wish I knew the team was going to be this bad. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 It's not. Um. Has not been a good year. Um. Hasn't been fun. It, it continues to get less fun. Uh, the last podcast that we did, if you haven't listened yet, we had Kevin Pawecki on the podcast. And we sat down with Pawecki for like a full hour. 
uh, got his side of the story, talked about the good times, the bad times, everything in between. Uh, shout out to everyone who downloaded that episode. Uh, it's been, man, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle to talk about this fucking team this year. Like we've said it a million times, but it's like, all right, you had uh, June was the only good month. And it wasn't even a full month because it, it came crashing down right at the end of, of June on June 28th. Uh, every month has sucked. I mean, even this month, like I couldn't tell you offhand like what the Red Sox record is. Like, like what do you think the Red Sox record is this month? Are they are they five hundred? Like, do they do you think they have a winning record this month? I'd say no. Blind guess, like three games under five hundred. Yeah, somewhere around there. Which for them is good. Like, I'll take that. Like, yeah, I just I don't know. It's just such a you're in baseball purgatory watching this team because uh, the games don't mean anything. Sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. Like they're never gonna get on a run of like winning seven straight, and then you're like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, they've done that this year, I believe. I think they've had like a winning streak that long this year. But at this point, um, like the winning streaks aren't gonna be long. The losing streaks aren't that long either. But they're about to enter. I don't want to call it a world of pain. Maybe that is accurate. The the schedule to finish out the year. Like right now, like we're gonna be talking about. Uh, I feel like. Instead of just like the stop and shop look ahead, I feel like a big chunk of the podcast is, is going to be talking about this this series coming up and, and what it means. It doesn't really mean anything for either team. Like the Yankees are going to the playoffs, the Red Sox are not. Uh, but it's going to be very funny talking about the, the home run chase. The Red Sox finished the year with four in New York. Baltimore comes here for four. Then they go to Toronto for three, and then they finish out the season at home with three against Tampa. So it's nothing but AL East opponents for the rest of the season. And we all know the Red Sox have not done a great job against the American League East this year. But uh, one thing I wanted to hit on before we got all baseballsy was uh, this morning. This morning I woke up, and last night Aaron Judge hit his uh, 60th home run of the season. And I don't know how you feel, either of you, about this. Like he, the Yankees were like, so Aaron judge was not going to get another at bat. Like they were in the bottom of the eighth. They were already up a bunch of runs. Like he wasn't going to come up again. And then they scored a ton of runs. Then Aaron judge got an at bat surprisingly in the eighth inning when no one expected him to get an at bat. So I flip over to the Yankees game and I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking into this. Like I turned it up loud and I even like, I put my phone down because uh, last night, when I was watching uh, the games, I don't know who was there. I think it might be uh, Heyman or whoever. They, they tweeted number 60 for Aaron Judge. And it was like a full like 10 seconds before it, it showed up on TV. So I was like, I want to... If it happens, if 61 happens, I want to be surprised. Like I want to see it in the moment. Like it, it ruins it when you're, you are watching it live, but you still know that it's coming. Like that sucks. Like that's happened a couple of times with pool holes. Where like I have the Cardinals game on and I'm watching Pujols and then you just see it pop up like 697 for Pujols. I'm like, fuck. Like, I want to see that shit. I want to be surprised by it. So I was pretty locked in on Aaron Judge tonight. And I tweeted something to the effect of, I think the coolest thing about Aaron Judge's season this year is that uh, like he got on a 60 home run pace in like April. And then everyone was like, Oh fuck! Is he gonna break Maris's record this year? Like that—that storyline developed so early in the year, and then he like a lot of those storylines where it's like, you know, this guy's on pace to do this, and this guy's pace on pace to do that. Like those fizzle out in like a month, 
and Aaron Judge, which we're talking about a, a record that, you know, you take out like Sosa. Sosa hit fucking 60 home runs in three straight seasons. And obviously, Mark McGuire and, and Barry Bonds hit 70 plus. Um, but you take out those and it's like Babe Ruth hit 60. And then in 1961, Maris hit 61. And then 22 is 61 years later. And Aaron Judge is one home run away from tying Maris at 61. So, like, yeah, he's a Yankee. And, like, maybe I would feel differently if, if the Red Sox and Yankees were closer in the division race. Like, maybe I wouldn't be as, like, ooh, this is exciting. Let me sit down and put it on and, like, whatever. Like, maybe I'd be, like, more like, fuck them. Like, who gives a shit? I, I don't know how I would feel. I can't, I can't tell you how I'd feel because we're not in that position. The Red Sox are uh, not making the postseason and they're in last place. So I tweeted like, you know, I think it's pretty cool that we almost like they almost told us in April, like, hey, Aaron Judge is going to break Roger Maris's record this year. And then we kind of just got to watch it while he had like 19 homers. We were like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's he's going to hit 60 something home runs this year. Like, that's pretty cool. So he did that. And then I woke up this morning. And I, was, I was telling Jake this when he was at my apartment earlier. Uh, I was like. Well, I woke up, I had barely even opened my eyes. And I, the first thing I do is check Twitter. And someone said like, oh man, like what would Babe Ruth do if he had like the training methods of today? <laughs> so I, like my first thought before even really processing what day it was, what I had to wake up for, what I had to do that day uh, was quote tweeting this tweet. Can you imagine what he would do today with access to training and nutrition like today's athletes have? And I said, Babe Ruth was an alcoholic slob who would be in the exact same shape, if not worse, if he had access to today's training methods. He was a lazy fat tits who played when fastballs were 75 miles per hour, ground rule doubles counted as home runs, and never saw a slider in his life. That tweet, uh, 323 replies and 162 quote tweets as of this recording. And people were mad. People were mad about this tweet. Pete and I don't, I don't know why. In, well, in our, all those people definitely just like had to love Babe Ruth because they grew up watching him. Yeah, there, I mean, it was obviously reason. a lot of old people that took exception. Uh, it was very funny to like see how many people like over the age of like fucking sixty five are on Twitter. Like, <laughs> like I'm not even like that's not even like a joke or like a slight at the people that were like I was looking at their profile pictures and they were old as fuck. Uh, people were pissed about this tweet, which. A lot of it is tongue in cheek, but a lot of it I do actually believe. Like, I, mean, I think you of, didn't even mention like one of the other like really important parts. Yeah, he, he only just, played against white dudes. He just didn't play against black people. Like, yeah, <laughs> this guy was a fraud. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's one of the points that gets used against Babe Ruth a lot. But like Babe Ruth, not only did like he he never played against anyone of color. Uh, back back in those days, like they didn't even have to really travel. Like they traveled by fucking train, but they didn't have to do like these like West Coast trips, and like it wasn't as grueling. And like you know, people you can make that case about a lot of people. Like people will say that about like fucking Ted Williams. Like they didn't have lefty specialists to come in and, and dice up Ted Williams in like the later innings. Like okay, that's fine. Um, but the number of people that came to the defense of Babe Ruth today was jarring. I I mean, he would be stoked to know like hey after like a hundred years after i'm done playing 
people are still going to be defending Babe Ruth. They're like, yeah, well, they're going to ride like, for Babe Ruth forever. Yeah, Babe Ruth, uh, he used to out Homer entire teams back then. Like back then, they didn't even fucking like really establish what the rules of baseball were. Like they probably thought that home runs were bad. It's like, oh man, like we fucking lost another ball. Like we were trying to put the ball on the ground so we don't have to go down to the fucking store or like the leather shop and go make some more baseballs. It just was a completely different game. Like I don't, you can't tell me that like, like Babe Ruth hit, he hit more home runs than entire teams combined that if he played today, that he would just hit like hundreds of home runs and out homer no, entire teams. Like I that's mean, just not happening. It's I just, mean, it's it's almost the same case in every sport where like if you played more than 40, 50 years ago, uh, hell, like 30 years ago, you're going to get absolutely cooked by like the fucking worst player in the league right now. And that yeah. applies in so many different ways, but like especially in baseball, I think, because like these dudes were not athletic. They were just like throwing fucking little cupcakes down down the pipe. And these dudes were swinging out of their shoes every time. Yeah. And now if they played anybody in Major League Baseball right now, they would be like, this person's a fucking wizard. How the hell is this guy throwing a billion miles an hour? Yeah. And what chance do I have to hit this? And, and people are like, well, you think that Babe Ruth wouldn't adjust to today's velocity and all that? Yeah, he might, no. but he's definitely not going to be. He would not. He no. would not. Yeah. He would and they're not. like, well, uh, the the thing that you said about 75 mile per hour fastball is not true. Like Walter Johnson threw 90. And I was like, okay, one dude. One <laughs> dude. And like, and like we don't years, even know that. The fact that you... The fact that you can like, yeah, that you can identify one guy who did it and his name is not familiar is not a uh, a promising sign. No. And and did you see, the, did you ever see the documentary Fastball? I did not. So there was like a, one. there was a documentary called Fastball. It came out probably like 10 years ago at this point. And they were talking about like fastball velocity and the evolution of the fastball and all that. And way back when, because they obviously didn't have radar guns. Uh, they used to measure a, a pitcher. I, I don't know if it it might have been Walter Johnson. I can't remember. It's one of those like old school, like I, I threw hard in, in black and white footage. And they measured the fastball by having him throw a pitch on the highway as a motorcycle was riding by. And they were like, well, the motorcycle was going 85 and the pitch beat it by like eight tenths of a frame so we can calculate that that was an 87 mile an hour fastball or however the fuck they did it but it was literally he threw a fastball on the highway next to a motorcycle riding past him at the same time and that's they're like well that's our proof so <laughs> that is ridiculous yeah yeah that's how they measured fastball velocity back then but yeah i mean like i feel like just like part of my it's i, I want to say it's part of my shtick but like i truly I truly feel this way. So it's not really a shtick. I think I go in super hard on Babe Ruth like as part of the shtick. But at the same time, like I do feel that way about Babe Ruth. Like I just people people blow him too much. People blow this guy too much. I do love that somebody more than I love you waking up to people being mad uh, about you being a Babe Ruth hater. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love the idea of old people lo- waking up this morning and logging onto Twitter to defend the honor it. of Babe Ruth God in the year of it. our Lord 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I just like when uh when Madison Bumgarner gave up the home run to Max Muncy, and then Muncy like pimped it and he said, "Get that out of the fucking ocean" or something like that. That was the best. Uh, after the game, a reporter asked Muncy, like, or no, asked Mad Bum. They were like, "Why do you just like you know what whatever happened to like let the kids play and like why like why do you take exception to people like pimping homers and like having fun?" And he was like, "Honestly, I just." I just can't, I can't help it. <laughs> He's just like, I can't, like, there's just something genetically in me that is designed to hate that type of baseball. And for me, there's just something in me that I just can't help it. I won't, I won't let Babe Ruth's legacy be squeaky clean and and not be questioned and not be criticized. Like, I just, like, I, I shouldn't care about this. He's dead. He's been dead for a long time. Uh, I never saw him play, not even close. Um, I, I don't know why I feel as strongly as I do, uh, about hating Babe Ruth. I just, I fucking hate him. Maybe it's just, I don't know. Like I, like I almost feel like I, I'm more confused why people aren't thinking the same way as me on this subject, because I think what it boils down to is like, you know, how generations will argue about music where like, if you grew up in the seventies, like you're going to be like, yeah, like back in my day, like my fucking, like you're talking about like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. And like in the sixties, we had the Beatles, like music was just better back then. But you would have people argue like, yeah, Bruno Mars is better and Taylor Swift. And like, and people will argue about like generationally that way. Uh, that's how I feel in the argument about Babe Ruth is like, I, what I'm trying to say is that Today's players are just so much better than they were back. Like that's an objective fact. Like baseball players yeah. today are just so much better than they were when Babe Ruth played. Like, and and people will say, well, you know, like the original tweet. If he had access to better training methods and this and that, that you know, he would be just as good. Says who? He he just happened to play during a time where other players like they had to have fucking second jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were working drive-through window during the day. Yeah. No, I, I like, mean, like, it's impossible to know. Like, you can't say it for a fact. I can't rule would, it out. You can't rule it out, but they can't say it for a fact either. Like, it's just nobody's gonna ever gonna ever gonna know. He played in his era. He was great in his era, but he would get fucking waxed if he stepped up to the plate right now. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> Holy shit. That tweet's been up for 18 minutes. It has 140 replies. I was like, I was almost like afraid to tweet it. I was like, we're probably gonna get like, I don't know, like 10 responses and they're all gonna be stupid questions. Um, just not as, <laughs> as long as they're not baseball related. Get <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with 140 replies in what did I say? 18 minutes. 18 minutes. Uh, <laughs> let's let's do a couple right now. Well, let's sprinkle them in. We don't have to do like a whole segment where we take questions. Okay. Yeah, let's sprinkle some in. Um, but first, Blue Moon. You, you right, so you're you're out on Friday, right, Pete? I am out on Friday. Out on Friday. Are you going to be drinking Blue Moons at the wedding, though, probably? They have them at the bar. I'm all, ab- all about them. Where is the wedding? It's not at a ballpark. So, no. So, I, I, I knew oh. that if it was at a ballpark, I'd have Blue Moons on deck, but mm-hmm. um, it's in like the Sturbridge area. It's Where the hell there. is that? Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Never heard of Sturbridge Village? I've I've heard of Sturbridge, but if you were like, hey, well, I guess I guess I'm not like the the perfect example for that because if you ask me where like any town was geographically, I'm not going to be able nope. to tell you like northwest. Nope. Or south. Yeah. I can tell you north or south because I know which highway I get on. How far is it? Probably like forty five to an hour. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, I hope they have blue moons there. Same. Because baseball and beer go hand in hand, and Blue Moon is the perfect perfect playoffs companion with its bold. Wouldn't I'm programmed know. to say stadium companion. But it's the perfect playoffs companion with its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado, from a f- playoff berth. To a world championship, a Blue Moon guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience every single time. I actually had a, had a few Blue Moons the other day because Blue Moon uh, is now the sponsor of Like a Pro, which is my show on Nesson 360. And we had to shoot like a little Blue Moon commercial at my apartment. So we had to like pour them out. We're drinking them. This whole thing. And I was like, listen... I got a better idea. How about I just drink these blue moons and you can film me doing it if you want. I was like, there's no better way to showcase how much I love blue moon than just give me this six pack of blue moon. I'll drink them and then you can kind of film what happens as we go. So that was my uh, that was my Tuesday. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian White is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind every time. Get Blue Moon Belgian White delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to see your delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon made brighter. Uh, celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Uh, now seems like a good time to mention that um, Like a Pro drops on Nesson 360 tomorrow or today if you're listening, September 22nd. Uh, it's on Nesson 360, the app. If you already have Nesson, then you have a subscription. So people were like, what? I got to subscribe to this and blah, blah, blah. And I got to pay, blah, blah. If you already have Nesson, then you already have access to the app. You can already watch the episodes. So episode one drops September 22nd, Thursday. And then new episodes come out every Thursday. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I actually went to the Nesson studios today to do the pregame with Brock Holt. I saw that. Yeah. That was pretty I cool. I saw um, Jim Rice was quite, quite stunned that you could not dress yourself at the age of 34? 33, dude. 33? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of panicking about that because I knew I knew that I had to do the Nesson thing. And then uh, I was like, fuck, what do I wear? Because I saw like Brock did his first hit last night. And he's wearing a suit. And I was like, I don't even know if I have suits at my apartment. Like I, I used to do NBC. So I wore suits all the time when I did TV. But that was like 2017. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I have any suits here. And then I asked. I was like, hey, uh, do I have to wear a suit? And they were like, no, but don't wear a t-shirt. Like you can wear, like look nice, but just don't wear a t-shirt. And that's why stupid ass Chris Cotillo was saying, oh, yeah, no, just you dressed up for it. Like I was wearing a nice button up. I wasn't wearing a suit because I didn't have to. I was the guest. Yeah, no, I think that that was fine. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it was more than fine. Um, so yeah, went in there, met Jim Rice for the first time. Um, I think he would have preferred that I was wearing a suit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's tough because Jim Rice is like the best person, best dressed person on on Nesson, mm-hmm. and clearly like invests a lot of time and energy into fashion. 
So on one hand, I think his, his standards might be a little bit too high, but I also would understand if you were kind of discouraged that Jim Rice didn't give you the fashion seal of approval. Well, I also set the bar low because if I ever come back, then now I can be like, bam, check this out, Jim Rice. And then he'll be like, damn. That's true. I think you got to work. You got to work the, the opposite way, though. I think you got you to gotta smoke it right off the top. And then you got to get casually less like less into it because then one day you can just show up in like a hoodie and nobody will say anything. I think I think if you, if I showed up in like a really nice suit day one, it's like, why is this guy trying so hard? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But then you yeah. go, but, but then you then you uh, you teach him, teach him a lesson and then you get more casual. Right. I'm going to bring out the suits for Jim Rice next time. Um. All right. Uh, can you finally tell the strip club story? No. There's not enough time in the podcast today. There just isn't. Um. Hmm. Can you call Steve? Definitely not. Best memories at Winter Weekend. Oh shit! Can I can I uh, submit a question to Jake first? Yeah. Sure. What the fuck is happening with Ime Udoka? Who the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, that's... We're going to do a little Celtics talk. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, it's, it's the Celtics head coach. Oh. And oh, now yeah, it's yeah. being reported that, that he's like facing a disciplinary action, like a significant suspension because of some shit that he did to break team guidelines. Yeah, I mean, I was under the impression that he was one of the most buttoned up team guys of all time. That was my impression of him. Clearly a good coach. All right. Hmm. Just want to see if Jake had a take on that one. Jake always has takes. Um, favorite winter weekend memory? Peter? <laughs> uh, I would say I have so many, but the problem is I don't have too much of a recollection <laughs> from most of the winter weekends. Yeah. Uh Favorite winter weekend memory. <laughs> I mean, the time that we had to like basically run out of the casino because Steve made a mess of himself and was like so ashamed of the night that he had. <laughs> that was uh, that was a good time. But I was just telling that story the other night about about Steve's night. <laughs> so I can't really talk about Steve's night because I didn't experience it. I was passed out from like 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, on, but like, I I know we woke up on the Sunday morning and Steve was like, we gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> we just, we need to be out of here immediately. <laughs> and I thought that was funny because I was just like, what the fuck happened to you guys last night? Yeah. It wasn't me. Uh, one of the ones that comes to mind is, uh, I think one of like the first or second one that we went to one of our uh, one of our mutual friends that was there um, <laughs> happened to, uh, as we were walking to Scorpion Bar, uh, just took a empty Bud Light bottle and threw it as hard as he could right up against the wall, yeah. shattered it, and then just didn't acknowledge it, didn't mm. acknowledge what just happened, just didn't break stride, kept walking, and then entered Scorpion Bar as if, as if nothing had happened, and then I believe the next morning. We found out that that person had been arrested. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, like, I thought you were about to land the plane. I was like, you're missing the most important part. 
uh, he pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> yes. Pulled the fire alarm at um, a different hotel. I thought. I mean, it was right? in the casino because he got banned from the casino. Oh, it was in the casino. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. He pulled the fire alarm in the casino and, and then got banned. Got banned from the casino. Uh, I also remember back, him though. saying. I also remember remember him saying that it was not the first time that he had pulled that move. It is something <laughs> that like he kind of frequently does when he gets drunk. Yeah, I mean, who who he just want to fire up the boys? He was like, I'm going to smash this glass in the in the lobby, and I'm going to pull the fire alarm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember him also saying that he, um, I believe he said that he had done that upon learning that a, uh, opposing sports team was staying in the hotel on the floor that he was staying in one time. <laughs> so once he found that out, he pulled the fire alarm to give him a, uh, a tough, a tough game the following day. That's a 162 guy move. If I've ever heard one, it's like, oh yeah, it's the Yankees are staying at this hotel. Here's a fire alarm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have, I have a bunch of like favorite, like winter weekends, the best, like the fact that they like moved it to the other casino is terrible. Like that was, ugh, I just did not have a good time there. I was also sick, but like, it's just so much smaller. Like Foxwoods is huge. There's so many people there. Um, but winter weekend, I think the winter weekend after the Red Sox won the world series in 18 was awesome because we just showed up. Like I still had my fucking luggage. Like we walked in and I was trying to get to my room and then I like someone like stopped me to say hi and I said hi to them and then another person ran up they said hi and then like I looked up and there had just been there was a circle wall that had formed around me and it was probably like five people deep and just this donut crowd had just formed I'm, like holding my fucking suitcase and I'm like, whoa, like what? And someone from the Red Sox security came up to me. They're like, hey, do you want, do you need help? And I was like, oh, I'm not one of the players. They're like, we know, but like, there's like a hundred people here right now. I was like, damn. I mean, like that, like after 18, it was, it was nuts. Like it was a completely different level for, for us going to winter weekend. Like the, the winter weekends before, I mean, it was still pretty cool. Like we definitely, we definitely like mingled with a lot of fans in the years prior but that year was just completely different. Like if you if you stopped to tie your shoe, you would look up and there a line had formed and it's like a hundred people long, like waiting to like say hi. So that was pretty fucking cool. Um, hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, like like going back to Steve, like coming back to because I mean we were very poor in in those early days. So going back to the room that I was sharing with Steve, where we shared a bed together, uh, I opened the door. At like three o'clock in the morning, and here's Steve laying on the carpet with his pants to his ankles and a puke stain by his face on the rug. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, Steve, you good?" And I, like, I didn't, he was not like he was just fucking out of it. So I just I like rolled him on his back or no on his side. Obviously not his back. He was yeah, dying. way to go, uh, pal. <laughs> what a friend. I, I rolled him on his side. And then just like had the whole bed to myself. I was I was very happy about that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the idea of us not having any money because I do remember either the first or second one that we went to. There was uh, the first one where you had to sleep the, on the chair. Yeah. So <laughs> Steve was in charge of getting the hotels and it was like a mile away during it, a blizzard. We stayed we stayed at the at the hotel at uh, at the casino the first night mm-hmm. we were in the casino. But then like the second night, either Steve booked it too late or it was too expensive and we didn't have enough money or something. But we got an off 
off-site hotel that was like a mile down the road. <laughs> As it turns out, not only was it a like a horrible snowstorm that year, and like we almost died in the shuttle back to the uh, to the hotel that was a mile away, but <laughs> Steve got a room that had one queen bed. One queen. One queen bed for three adult men, or two and a half, if you want to give me half credit for being an adult man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was quite uh, quite exciting to find out. Not only was one of us going to have to share a bed, we were both going to have to share a bed, and the other person was uh, odd man out. That happened to be me, because mm-hmm. I could fall asleep anywhere, and I believe that I fell asleep uh, sitting upwards in a <laughs> chair next to the bed. <laughs> I might still have those videos somewhere of Pete just absolutely passed out snoring and Steve just fired oh, yeah. <laughs> fired a magazine off of his face, did not break stride in his snore. I mean, if you don't have that video, somebody does. It's been tweeted a thousand times. <laughs> I'm going to see if I have. I bet you I have it. I mean... The I one where like, you're sitting... The one where you're like sitting on the bed right next to me. Talking like, to talking your dead body. To me, being like you're just being too loud you're You're making too too much fucking noise you're making too much noise (laughs) you're trying to go to sleep and you're not being reasonable you're making too much fucking noise my man you need (laughs) it's so good It's even funny in just audio form. <laughs> I mean, that was hard. Dude, like, that was, was a magazine. Like Pete, <laughs> Pete is sleeping with his arm over his head like this, and there's a remote and a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> his face is just like very much exposed to the elements, and here comes a magazine. <laughs> and here comes a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that thing had some weight to it too. I just used the thwap. <laughs> Do you always snore? Oh no, only when I'm like really, really drunk. <laughs> but like it, once that train starts going, it's not going to stop. Just not yeah. phased at all. Oh. I have a lot of these old videos. Hey, if you twist it to the right, then you'll stay high and put it again. Definitely won't fall off and I'll keep twisting it. What is wrong with you? That's in your, that's in your basement. <laughs> oh, what is this? <laughs> what is that? You're just blasting DMX and you're just snoring through it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, nothing can phase me. And then one year, uh, me and Feidelberg shared a room because oh, we were the two loudest snorers. And over the course of that weekend, I believe uh, Feidelberg, w- I came back uh, Friday night. Feidelberg was in his underwear snoring like an absolute madman with a full burger on the bed next to him. <laughs> Uh, and like, I could not sleep. And then the next day, uh, I was the one who was passed out like all day snoring my ass off. And he came back and he was like, dude, you were so loud. 
So it worked out perfectly that neither one of you had to deal with us, but we didn't quite uh, experience it at the same time, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, from Alex, how did you go about starting this career of yours? Like what steps were taken first and what kind of risks were taken along the way? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Pete actually built my website in I did. 2014. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with my whole fucking life story of how I started my career. Um, but what risks were taken? Um, I guess, I mean, like at the time, like going to Barstool back then was a risk because I wanted to be a writer. And I remember people being like, well, you know, if you go to Barstool, like people aren't going to take you seriously. And like, you're not going to be able to get a job at the Globe or the Herald if you, if you go to Barstool first. And that ended up being a great decision, obviously. Um, but at the time, that was a risk. Um, I started off, I think I was getting paid like 500 bucks a month to like blog. Like I, I was, I was like uh, being paid as a part timer, but was doing full time work more or less. Um, but yeah, I'd say like that was, I don't even know if I can call that a risk. It was just kind of like taking a leap of faith, I guess, in a way. But yeah, Pete built my website in 2014. And then I, I kind of just went from there to, to Barstool. But yeah, there's obviously a lot of details in between. But so all I'm hearing there is that I launched your career. You launched None my career. None of this would have I mean, been I, possible without me. Pete, Pete built my website. And then uh, he was the one to be like, hey, let's fucking do a podcast together. And oh. <laughs> here we are. So all the credit to me. Thanks. Thanks, Pete. Hashtag thank you, Pete. Pete invented me. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. How did you start your career, Pete? Uh, a lot of the same ways you did. I just the like nose started. Bleeds? Yeah, just started doing it myself. Didn't sign up for like uh, what? Like whenever I tell and give anybody advice, it's always like you got to just do it. You're probably gonna suck for a little bit, but hands-on experience is the most valuable thing you can get. And the other one is that like, hey, don't do it if you don't if you're not like super passionate about it and. That's kind of like why I didn't do like the school newspaper route or whatever. I was like, I don't want to write about the fucking D3 college football team. See, I did that too. I, I did fucking, I had to cover like Saugus High Sports. It was uh-huh. like, but I didn't, it was, it's such a weird, and I'm sure it's still how it's done, but it was essentially uh, talking to the players, like what happened <laughs> and then talking to the coaches being like, who deserves some, some shine in the newspaper. Like I didn't go to any of the games. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that shit. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to start my own thing and I'm going to do it. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, then at least I wasted my time doing something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, I haven't taken like many huge fucking risks. I guess like I probably had more job stability at CBS before I left for Bally, but I wasn't, again, it kind of goes back to like I wasn't super passionate about the stuff that they were having me write about and I was going to have a better opportunity to cover hockey at, with Bally. And so I took it and uh hopefully it works out i don't know Hmm. favorite memory from the alan craig studio days oh man (laughs) that one i can say there are like just fucking too many i one of the ones that i fucking loved though was and this one will probably won't be remembered by too many people Mm -hmm. but uh like after the story came out that terry francona like wake woke up in like a haze at 4 a.m with like 
36 popsicle sticks next to his bed. Oh, we yeah. did a popsicle eating contest on the on the show with Michael Hurley. And yeah. for some reason, that just stuck out to me as one of the most ridiculous things that we ever did. We tried to record a podcast while eating like 36 popsicles. <laughs> and like you got like four into them. Like, like, if that, if that, you're like, I can't do it anymore. My head is, <laughs> my brain hurts too much. And like, I thought that was just so fucking random and hilarious. I very much forgot about that. I remember it now, but I, oh man. Uh, hmm. Um, probably, uh, I guess this is an Alan Craig Studios one. Um, in Alan Craig Studios, probably that, that first podcast after the Red Sox signed David Price, like oh, yeah. that felt like, hey, we're, we're making some steam here. Like before it was, um, like, yeah, we're a bunch of friends talking about the Red Sox, but then, once David Price gave the shout out in his press conference, and then we could piggyback that into like like Dave was tweeting about it because before it was like yeah like have fun with your little podcast that no one gives a fuck about to like oh wait like you know these guys are kind of uh, in the mix here like beyond just in in Pete's basement, um, so yeah the podcast that we did after Price signed with the Red Sox I remember going nuts like we had like the we had the microphones on these like mounts but i just remember like taking it off the mount and just screaming like holding it like it was a fucking doing like a rock concert uh hmm what else two other ones just in terms of like guests that jump out of, out of my mind number one i think probably like hindsight being a little bit 2020 but kirk minahan actually coming to my driving to my house and coming into my basement to do a podcast mm-hmm. is very funny in retrospect and the other one was uh fuck what's his name the wrestler thrill ride that was thrill ride so thrill ride was the first like in-person guest that we ever did i believe it was steve's first day so (laughs) it was the first guest that we ever had in the studio and thrill ride shows up and steve gets out of his car he's like what the fuck is going on right now (laughs) we're interviewing wrestlers and it's a red sox podcast like i don't get it and that was i mean steve huge wrestling fan so like obviously he he was excited but he just obviously didn't get what was happening there which I mean, I get it. I get it. it was it's it, at the time. Maybe it was a it was a risky crossover to do, but that was um, that was guest number one. I remember being nervous that uh, that I was going to have to introduce Thrill Ride, never having met him in person or like knowing him beyond his internet personality. I was nervous that I had to introduce him to my mom as the first <laughs> guest visiting my house and being like, "Who the fuck is this guy going to be when I have to introduce him to my mother?" Mm. Who was, was nice enough? Who was nice enough to be like, "Yes, you can have have my basement to do your silly little podcast." And mm. now you're bringing strange grown men into my house, mm-hmm. who, like, and that being the first of the group was very, very uh, nerve wracking for me. Yeah. Who else was down there? Like uh, Hurley Feidelberg came down there. I remember that. Yeah. Feidelberg uh, came down there. Gary Streisky. Streisky was down there. Um, Tim Britton was down there. Yeah. Uh, Mutt was down there. That's right. I feel like there were like a lot of radio guys. Yeah. Episode there were a lot 100 of was Felger, but it was not. He didn't come down there. Yeah. There were a lot of media people. A lot like that. That's what was crazy is how many people said yes to going down there. Because I think the first one to say no was Dave. <laughs> yeah. So like we just had it in our minds that all we have to do is ask and people say yes. And which, if they say yes, then they have to come there. Which n- number one, not surprising that Dave was like, no, fuck no, you come to me. Uh, yeah. But number two, 
Uh, it's funny that he was the first one to say no because like he's the only one that had skin in the game. Yeah. He didn't have to. Co- yeah. No. The fact that he I was more surprised that he said yes at all because yeah. I mean, he could have just been like, no, I'm good. Uh, but he he allowed us to come to his home and then we did that. So that we were that was 2015. That was the first year of the podcast. And I we were still figuring out how to podcast. So like I didn't realize that we could just do the interview with Dave and then cut that and then do like the front and end parts of the podcast and not with Dave. So we get to Dave's house. And I'm just like, what's up? And welcome back to the section. <laughs> He's just like looking at me like, the fuck what are you the doing? Fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. The fuck are you doing? And like, it was an interview, but we also were like just doing the podcast while Dave was there. I was like, yeah. So like fucking, you know, the Royals and the, Ro- the Red Sox are in Kansas City, huh? <laughs> Did you see any of that game? And I mean, to his credit, he went along with it. The only thing I remember him saying in that interview or that whole episode was... Well, I mean, yeah, like you guys do this for like hours, right? Like your your episodes are like hours long. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't have to do it for hours with you if you got if you want to kick us out of your house, you're more than welcome to do that. But I think he gave us like over an hour, which he yeah, would no, never he do did now. he did give us he did give us a lot of time. And uh, I the only thing that I really remember from that is uh, number one, he started off like his interactions with me with by being like, "You don't really like us, do you?" <laughs> and i was like what what do you mean and he was like he was like I, I i know who you are and we've gone like back and forth on twitter and stuff in the past so we had that conversation uh and then number two i remember having the conversation after we were done on the podcast because you weren't full-time at that time no. but he was like well we can work something out yeah so like i i actually i like remember like the birth of your like barstool full-time contract yeah, he tells a very different story of how that happened because I remember. So, if like old school Barstool fans remember, there was a day back in the Milton days when Dave had one of those airbrush tattoo artists come to the office and he got Justin Bieber's tattoos airbrushed on him. Uh, that was the day that I like interviewed <laughs> for my job. So I came in and I was in his office in, in the Milton office and we were just kind of going over like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I, I can blog the Red Sox. He's like, but you don't want to be full time. And I was like, I don't think that anyone cares what I have to say about like Justin Bieber and like all that shit. I was like, I only talk about like the Red Sox and baseball. And we kind of like left it at that. I started part time doing Red Sox. And then in 2016, before the churning acquisition, that's when um, we kind of like linked up again. And he was like, so like, do you want to be full time or not? And I was like, yeah, but like, what do you want me to do? He's like, you can just do baseball. And I was like, was that an option all along? And he was like, yeah. Like, I, he's like, I told you that two years ago. Like, I wanted you to come on full time and just do baseball. I was like, you never said that. Like, you just like, like a full time barstool blogger back then blogged about everything like if something wacky happened that's what you were right about so i thought like all right i'll just do some red sox stuff and then he wants me to do like fucking taylor swift blogs i'm like i don't know i I don't know anything else um so he claims that he asked me to do that several years prior but it just didn't happen that way so yeah my my quote-unquote interview in 2014 was when he was uh in justin bieber body paint essentially um 
Oh, this is an old school question from Will. You get stuck on a deserted island with two members of this current Red Sox team. Who are you choosing and why? Pete, Wade Miley is not an acceptable answer. Ah, oh, shit. Damn it. So it just says members of the team doesn't specify players. It says members of this current Red Sox team. Uh, I'm going to pick Alex Cora as one. Okay. Um, secondly, shit. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Xander Bogarts. Oh, he's an Island guy. Yeah. Okay. I, tr- I, I trust the leader of this team and I want the Island guy. It's fair. It's a good pick. What two guys would I want to be on a deserted island with? I'm trying to think of like who could I talk to the most without getting bored or like have to like search for conversation topics. Um, I feel like Cora. So if if I can't pick the people that you pick, let's just say that so it's not boring. I would pick Cora, but you pick Cora. Um, Matt Barnes and hmm, because like now like. Like, are we picking people that we think could like help us get out of the situation, or like, are we assuming that people are coming to save us, but we just don't know when? Or you could just you could pick the guy that you think would be the the best to eat in case things go wrong. That's why like Pablo is always the default answer <laughs> yeah. for all these because we're like, yeah, we'll just eat just Pablo. in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nobody likes to... him and there's nobody likes him and there's more to eat. Yeah, like if we have to run away from the locals, Pablo is definitely going to be the slowest. <laughs> Um, hmm. I would pick Matt Barnes and I mean, I would have picked Pawecki, but uh, fuck. Christian Arroyo. Yeah, I think I think he'd be a good company. If you could be in the Red Sox booth for one game, who would you want to be in there with you? You can go back in time, of course, so you can say Remy. This is, are you waiting for me? Yeah. All right. Uh, That's an easy answer for me. I'm going to go three-man booth, Orsillo, me, and Eck. Because that'll, be that'll be the closest to a podcast that <laughs> I could possibly get. Mm-hmm. And like Orsillo's such a pro's pro. That like I'm not gonna need to carry any weight, and me and Eck can just banter. Like it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be two du- three dudes having fun. Mm. That's what I want. You can be in the booth one game. <sighs> Man. Um. Hmm. I mean, I don't know how you don't say it like. Remy and Orsillo. Like, I don't know how you don't default to that. So let's just say we don't go with the obvious. Can't go Don and Jerry. Um, I'm obviously, I'm going to have Gary Streisky as, as my sideline guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Gary's my sideline guy. Um, oh, man. Mm. Mm. I want Eck in there. And I want Don and Jerry in there. Fuck. One game. Eck. 
I'm I'm gonna pick Eck and Monaco only under the pretense that Don and Jerry are off limits because it's too obvious. Um Gray pick there would have just said, just us. Just all the boys in the booth. Yeah. We we oh. get we get to take over the booth for one game. What a time that would be. Would you let Steve in there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Steve's earned it. Has he? Yeah. He yeah. has. Yeah. He carried so much weight in the in the original section ten. I mean, we probably would have stopped after the twenty fifteen season if it wasn't <laughs> yeah. for Steve. For real. Yeah. Steve is like, you guys I mean, it's been two months. Do you guys want to do a, a episode? And you would have strangled me for like not watching Red Sox games. Yeah. Nobody would have organized it as well as Steve had. He pushed it on social like crazy. Mm-hmm. Steve did a lot. We weren't going to make the videos. No, definitely not. <laughs> no um, music, no videos, no fans. Yeah. A lot of Drake. A lot of Drake. Yeah. Uh, what are the favorite memories from this season? Terrible, awful, bad season from you, Pete, and Jake. What favorite memories do you have from this season? I'll let Jake go first. Jake? I mean, the flight to Chicago was fun when I thought we were going to have a cool series. Um, <laughs> yeah, that trip was sort of a letdown, but... Jaron Duran, leadoff homer. <clears throat> it was all downhill from there. Yeah, that was sick. That was my birthday. Mm. Um, June 28th, leading up to that, was, was also a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, just getting back in the Red Sox podcast game. It's, yeah. It was a, it was a, a good, uh, a, not a good year for me to get back into it, but I, I. 2015 was the last play season. People forget that. That's People what kept I'm saying. saying that that's it was what a I'm curse. Saying. Like, was like, no, no, no. And, and I do feel like it's a little bit important for me to kind of like earn my stripes <laughs> a little bit after mm-hmm. a few years away. Yeah. And this feels like a good way to get in on the ground floor, pay my dues a little bit. And then once this show uh, like picks up steam and once the Red Sox are great again, like I'm going to feel like I'm worthy of being able to uh, to like enjoy that and not just come back into the fold. Yeah. Like if if the Red Sox were in last place for like two years and then you just came back in 2018, that'd be kind of fucked up. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Jared, did you ever check out the voyeurs to see Sydney Sweeney's honks like Pete told you about? That was yes, reversed. I that was did. reversed. I told you about it? You told me about it. Oh, did you see it? I did see it. I did end up watching it. How, what do you, not that, you not think? that good of a movie. And I was disappointed. I mean, it was it was it was enjoyable. It was a good movie. It was enjoyable, but it wasn't like it wasn't like any any great movie. And like you hyped it up being like she's naked the whole time. No, I didn't. She's not. I didn't say that. You said you were like, if you want to see her boobs, watch this movie. Yeah, there's a whole scene. You, were like, she's boobs. Na- you said like she's naked like half the time. I didn't say there's that. a whole scene. Yeah. But like I watched Euphoria. She's naked like every three scenes. I haven't seen that yet. She's na- she's naked all the time in Euphoria. And like so much so like in the second season, I was like, OK, enough. Not mm. enough. Not like not take it away. But like. All right. get it. It's getting a little bit shameless how often you're writing her naked into the script. Right. I'll, how many seasons are there of this show? Two. I'll check it out. <laughs> it's all he needs to know. Yeah. Love boobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which current player would you go on a double date with? 
Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Kike Hernandez. Oh. Because Kike is, seems like a very funny dude. Great company. And he's also a short king. So, like, going on a double date, keep that gap minimal. Seems like a, a wise decision on my part. Yeah. I have gone on a double date with a player on the team. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to pick them. Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that just not- says, didn't go well. No, the date was fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <clears throat> doesn't sound like yeah. it. Think, think, just things have changed. Um, <clears throat> if anybody asks you the question, would you do it again? The answer is clearly no. No, I would not. Ooh, okay. No, I would not. I just, it's not that I wouldn't. I just, it's not. This is just not going to happen. Um, Double dates are weird because unless like, like if you're explicitly addressing it as a double date, you're not like good enough friends to go on a date night together. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I mean, like it was more like the, the girls were friends and then we were friends. So everyone was like, all right, let's all go out together. So well, was it like a first date for both couples? No. Okay. No. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, probably the Hawks after how I described them in the last podcast, but you weren't here for that. Were you Pete? That was not. So, I met Tanner Houck and his wife. I believe her name is Abigail. Could be wrong. I think that's her name. Um, they're just... I went on like a 20-minute rant about how like they have exactly what I'm looking for. They're just... They're hermits. Um, they just like, like to do stuff. To, like They like to cook together. They like to watch the same shows. They just... They don't like to go out in the world and socialize. I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> it's like, so, they're just like, like apartment to, friends. Yeah. And they're house they, friends, they, we're, they're house yeah, friends who have sex. Cool. That sounds awesome. I mean, like they're they're uh, they're the exact dynamic that I'm looking for. Um, and they live right near me. So I think I would pick them. But like, how do you go on a double date with like two couples that don't want to go out? Like, do you just like all hang in and like watch a movie together? It really do- it doesn't sound like you want to go on a double date with them. It sounds like you want to be a thruple with the hoax. I think I, I think I would, I think you could do a double date dynamic where everyone just like hangs out. Like that's like high school in a nutshell. It's like, you're not old enough to drink. You can't afford to go to the 99. So you just like all hang out at one person's house and watch a movie downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And then like fondle each other under blankets. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Been there, brother. (laughs) Been there, brother. Um, Hmm. Fondled under a blanket or two in my day. That was basically that was high school. Uh, give us a quick tattoo tour. Uh, I don't know if I could do that. I should have too many, and like I'm not going to take my shirt off. <laughs> You'd like to though. Uh, I'm glad was, that you're not gonna. I wouldn't say no. Uh, our our mutual friend Molly asked who would win in a wrestling arm wrestling contest. Probably you. I have really uh, my wrists are not. I've torn the left one twice and the right one once. So I think I would honestly, if you said let's arm wrestle, I would, I wouldn't even accept. 
because I'd be like, you're just going to pop my wrist and I'm not going to be able to work out for eight months. Probably longer now because I'm older. Well, being a coward doesn't make me any less of a winner. So thank you. You would win. Pete would win. Uh, Adam asks, would you rather fight one Jared-sized Pete or 10 Pete-sized Jareds? (laughs) Listen, listen. You're like two inches taller than me. That is what? That is not true, Peter. How tall are you? Six three. <laughs> You're like two inches taller than me. Jake, how tall am I? Yeah, I'd say like six three. <laughs> yeah. That's a company man right there. <laughs> yeah. How tall are you, Pete? I'm I'm uh, so you're six three, I'm a six one. You're not six one. You're not 6'3". All right. How tall are you? How tall are you? It depends on how I tall you, you are. First. I asked you first. Yeah, but my answer is <laughs> how tall I am depends on how tall you are. Uh, my license says 5'10". That's not true. Show me your license. Yes, it does. Well, anybody can lie on their license. I mean, I'm 5'10". I'll actually... like. So you this is, I don't 5'10". know why. Because, because I cover baseball players... That are like six six. All the pictures that I have next to dude, like Pat Light's six six. Fucking Coley is seven feet tall. I looked short in comparison to the company that I keep, but everyone didn't believe how tall I was. So at the office, I let Pat measure me, and I'm five ten. Like I'm five ten on the dot. All right, I'm five eight. You're not. You're like five five. Um, I'm not five five. But I'm- would you rather fight one Jared sized Pete? Or 10 Pete-sized Jareds? Like, you'd rather fight one Jared-sized Pete? Yeah. Yeah. No matter what, you always fight the less amount of right. opponents. Right. It's what would you be doing if you didn't do what dog. you do now, job-wise? What'd you say? What would you be doing if you didn't do what you do now, job-wise? I'd probably work at, like, a uh, like a, I'd be like a bartender or uh, work at a brewery or something. Mm. Probably, maybe I'd do, maybe I'd be a firefighter, but maybe not. I'm a bit of a pussy. Mm. I don't think you can smoke cigs if you're a firefighter. So I'm out. That's stupid because it's just training training your body for smoke, right? <clears throat> I think you there's like some weird rule where you can get grandfathered in. Like if you. <laughs> If you smoked cigarettes before they made this rule in like <laughs> really? 2005, then you're allowed to continue to smoke cigs. But if you get they should caught, treat that the society should treat it like that for everything. Imagine if there was just like one 70 year old dude on your on your plane just ripping heaters <laughs> and him just showing his like American Airlines smokers card, and they're like, yeah. ah, nothing we can do. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's been smoking since fucking 45. smoke in a baby's face right next to him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That should have... Grandfathering rules should apply to almost all aspects of society. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a Saugus Fire Department rule or if that's like a universal thing, but I know that it's a thing in Saugus. Like, if you smoke cigarettes before they banned firefighters from smoking cigarettes, then you can still smoke them. But if you get caught smoking a cigarette and you're not okay to smoke them, then it's it's a big trouble. I think you can get fired for it. That's wild. Yeah. Oh, that Molly. FSU Molly. Yeah. I thought it was a different Molly. 
Hmm. What would you do if you weren't doing your job? Oh, uh, I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be Respect dead. Respect that. Yeah, I, I, I was doing uh, a desk job at a marketing firm for 10 months. I didn't even make it a full year before I went full-time at Barstool. And I was miserable. <laughs> I mean, nice guy. Owner's a nice guy. I've actually seen him. I saw him. <clears throat> I've seen him twice since I quit. I saw him at the... He came to one of the live shows that we did in 2018. And then I saw him after one of the ALCS games against Houston this past October. Nice guy. Red Sox season ticket holder. Like when the, I think opening day in 15 was against the Phillies and it was a day game. So he like... He's like, yeah, like pull a chair into my office, and he had like a TV in there, and he like let me watch the Red Sox. Uh, I think David Price signed with the Red Sox while like during work hours, and he was like, yeah, blog it. He's like, you know, as long as you like, if it takes an hour to blog it, then just like stay an hour later, and it's fine, whatever. So he was he was cool. I just uh, like the the work wasn't for me. Um. In honor of the cart being dead, which by the way, there wasn't enough talk about that. Like Ref Snyder hit a homer. Um, who else hit a homer last night? I don't know. The Red Sox hit three of them. Did Rafi hit one? Yeah, Rafi hit one in the ninth, I think. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, the Red Sox hit three homers and the home run cart didn't come out. So with Pluecki, <clears throat> I mean, this, this team sucks at hitting home runs. The Red Sox suck at hitting home runs this year. So, I mean, Pluecki got released on Friday night and <laughs> we didn't hit a home run until Wednesday. <laughs> That's bad. So we didn't really get to see, hey, is, if Pluecki's gone, do we do the home run cart? The answer is no. In honor of the cart being dead, who has the worst home run celebration and why is it the Blue Jays jacket? Oh, I like man. the jacket. Nah, that was going to be my pick. Uh, I, I obviously don't watch like a ton of Blue Jays games or whatever, but like the few times that I have seen it come out, it's just like a little awkward. Like if you don't get your hands in the jacket cleanly, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it has it has a lot of potential to be kind of awkward and cringy. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of the, con- the concern when it comes to like a a celebration thing. You need something that you can do consistently every single time mm-hmm. and not really have an opportunity to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. This isn't uh, uh this this isn't a team celebration. It was more of a player celebration that I I didn't love. Um, but I love the guy, so that's why I don't know if I want to say it. Say it. I don't know that he even still does it because he's he's on his second team since leaving the team that I noticed him doing it. Um, when Luke Voigt used to hit home runs, he would take the two water bottles and like smash them together and like chug them like Stone Cold Steve Austin. But he didn't do it right. Like Austin would take the two beers, smash them once and then pour it. And, and Luke Voigt would take the two bottles and smash them together like five times so that there was like two drops of water in the bottle by the time he like poured it but which i guess is what you would do you don't want to like take the you don't want to run out to first base <laughs> drenched um but yeah it, he didn't do it right that's the only reason why uh but like team wise i don't know i guess like the angels cowboy hat like that can be a little cringy when you're the angels and like you suck but i mean then again the red sox were in last place two out of the three years <laughs> that they had the home run card so 
don't know. Yeah, I think it was the right time to retire the home run card, though. Like uh, a good, a good natural stopping point. As unfortunate as it is on mm-hmm. several accounts, like the team stinks and Ploiecki's gone. Like mm-hmm. I think it's the, the 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 right time to call it. Hmm. Um. What are your most unpopular opinions, Jake? Um, I think sitting in unreal seats at Fenway has made me like numb to sitting in the bleachers because I'm like, anytime I don't have the best seat in the house, I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's true. That's a good take. It's a good take. Like I, I can, I can agree with that. Like I'll still sit in section 10. I still have my seats in section 10. Um, but if like someone was like, Hey man, I got, I got tickets to the game. Like, where are they? Oh, fucking grandstand 32. Like, no, I'm good. Or I would yeah, be like, the thing about right. baseball is like the, the more expensive seats and like the closer you are, they're just better. Like those seats are better. It's a better experience to sit there. When I, when I go to hockey, like my case is always like sitting down low gives you a better, um, a better feel for the speed of the game. And I think that's mm-hmm. a cool experience. But sitting up high helps you see the ice better. And I think it's like a better watching experience um, in terms of taking it all in. So like both things have their advantage. Mm-hmm. I prefer to sit further away. Uh, but like that does not apply when it comes to baseball. The closer you are, just it's the better, the better seat. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've gotten to sit directly behind home plate front row. Two or three times, maybe a handful of times. And it's fucking unbelievable. Um, yeah, I usually set up in state street pavilion for the games. It's perfect. Like you're behind home plate, but you're above. So you can see everything. Um, there's space like the bathroom, like you have your own like little bathroom there. Like if you pay more at a baseball game, like you're getting what you pay for. Um, most underrated Red Sox player of all time. Peter? Most underrated. I'm... Mm. There's oh, really a, a correct answer to this. I mean, <clears throat> I would say if we're talking like technically and literally, I would say J.D. Drew because... Like everybody thought that JD Drew fucking sucked when he was here and they gave mm-hmm. him so much shit and like probably had a lot to do with the contract, but like JD Drew was really good when he played here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've said it a, a bunch of times. I use this comparison. Everyone loved Cody Ross in the one year that he was here. I love Cody Ross. But if you look at Cody Ross's one season with the Red Sox, compare it to JD Drew's first three seasons with the Red Sox, and they're almost identical numbers. And Cody Ross was here in a last place season. J.D. Drew hit a fucking grand slam that helps you win a championship. But the answer to this question, most underrated Red Sox player, it's Mark Bellhorn. Everyone hated Mark Bellhorn because he made a thousand errors at second base. He sucked defensively. Uh, and in 2004, he set the Red Sox single season record for most strikeouts in a season. But then he hit the three most important home runs in that playoff run. How many times have you seen Mark Bellhorn welcomed back at Fenway Park since since he left? Zero times. 
I, no one has seen him since. No one has seen him since. He, in game six, that home run in the A-Rod slap game, that, that won you the game. Game seven, the home run off the foul pole. And then in game one of the World Series, he hit a home run off the foul pole again. And that was the game winner. Like, Mark Bellhorn had three of the biggest home runs in Red Sox franchise history in three of the biggest games that this franchise has ever played in the postseason. And has he been welcomed back once? No. I mean, maybe they asked and he was just like, yeah, maybe it's just a him thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was a vibrant personality when he was here. Uh, Kevin Millar said his nickname on the team was mute. Really? Mm -hmm. Because I asked like I uh, like when I did that quarantine rock, paper, scissors thing. The cool thing about that, and I've told this story, is that like I would <clears throat> I would ask people to do it. They would say yes. And then I would FaceTime them on my laptop, mount my phone behind me to film the whole thing. And then we would do the rock, paper, scissors thing for 10 minutes. I would shut off the camera. And then most of the people, we would just end up talking on FaceTime for like another hour. Like it was just it was quarantine. Everyone was so bored. They were only talking to the people that they lived with. Uh, so in the conversation with Malar, after we were done recording that, we just got on the topic of Mark Bellhorn. And he was like, yeah, he lives out here in Arizona. Um, just golfs, does whatever. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, like he, he never said anything when he was a player either. Like, we used to call him mute. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, hmm. Why doesn't Pete love us? Is a question. I do. I don't know who said that, but I do. Hmm. If you could have any superpower, which would you choose and why? Uh, teleportation, just because it would be awesome to not have to deal with travel ever. Hmm. That's a good one. Jake, what would you pick? I would pick flying because then you could just rob every single home run. <laughs> Jack Hample absolutely in shambles right now. Couldn't you technically do that with teleportation? That's a if good you point. could teleport, you could go to any game. Yeah, basically the Jake's Jake's like uh, anything that Jake could make a case for when it comes to flying could just be done with teleportation with less effort. Unless you actually enjoy the act of flying. <clears throat> I feel like you're basically choosing fame or no fame. If you can teleport, you can do that very discreetly and use that superpower to, for your benefit uh, and keep it on the low. But if you fly, everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, technically, you can just teleport into a bathroom stall at Fenway and then come out and be like, all right, I'm, I'm inside. <clears throat> Jake's just a showboat out of here. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine the content opportunities where you're like, all right, uh, I'm going to teleport to Yankee Stadium in the bleachers. And then, you know what, you know what I would do? <clears throat> I would teleport to the bleachers of Yankee Stadium and I would just like start a fight with like 20 people and then just <laughs> teleport home. <laughs> and blog about it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, look at these idiots. They don't even know where I am. I'm home. I'm in Boston. <laughs> um... Super. You could get away with not to like turn in turn into like a dark power, but you could also just get away with every crime. Yeah. 
You could just like, have teleport. an alibi. I was so far away. Yeah. You could teleport into a bank vault and steal a bunch of money and then teleport <laughs> out of there. Like, I don't know. Limitless opportunities. How are you going to fly into a bank vault, Jake? That's true, Jake. It's just more showy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jake's, Jake wants the clout. Jake wants to be the guy that flies. Like, we're trying to, we're trying to do things on the low where it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. It's like you, uh, you're on TikTok, then you like see some girl in California and you're like, oh man, like I'd really love to meet her. And then you're like, zoop. Hey, want to get a drink tonight? She's like, what the fuck? I thought you lived in Boston. Like, well, I took my private jet here. (laughs) Yeah. Teleporting would be fucking awesome. That'd be so convenient. I hate the traffic going to Waltham for the sports hub. It is terrible. You don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to deal with drunk driving. You don't have yeah. to deal with like travel for yeah, work. Yeah, you can just get like, shit faced and yeah. then teleport to your bed. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be Dude, awesome. It's the best answer. You can teleport. Like, it's like, oh, that's a super long line. Oh, I just teleported to the fucking middle of the bar. Dude, you wouldn't have to pay for anything. You could just pick up something and then teleport home. Like, you chase I mean, if, you, you? if you teleported to a bar, you'd have to pay for drinks unless they were like, oh, man, I'll buy you a shot. Well, yeah. do that teleport trick. But I'm just saying shoplifting would be very easy. <laughs> unless you get caught on camera or like they like eventually, eventually, like all the cameras would pick up the teleport guy and Fair. then they would start testing for like hair follicles that got <laughs> left behind. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, like over the last 10 years. You've stolen eighty eight hundred thousand dollars worth of shit. <laughs> so Fair you're under arrest. Fair but point. then you can just teleport out of jail. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you're, you're you're untouchable. Yeah. As long as you as long as you didn't commit a crime that they could like put you to death for. But you could just teleport out of there too. Like the only the only thing is like <laughs> Like you could just teleport out of death row, teleport out of the teleportation or the electric chair. Yeah, you could. Where the hell did Pico? <laughs> you left. You just teleported out of here. You just teleported out. All right. Well, we're working on getting Pete back. Uh, I got to talk to you about trade coffee. Actually, I just got it in the mail, and I'm sure that there's a part of this read that'll instruct me to talk about it, so I won't get too far into it. Um, <clears throat> the whole thing about trade coffee. It's coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country directly to your home on your preferred schedule. There's no gimmicks. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the US every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. Um, The coffee that I got from Trade is so good. I can't believe how much I like it. Um, Here's the deal. You got to fill out this little questionnaire and they tell you what you like, basically. Because if you're not an expert, like I'm not an expert, um, you're going to have to fill out this questionnaire, answer the questions that they got for you. And then they're like, boom, here's the coffee for you. I filled out the questionnaire last week, got the coffee within like a a few days. They were like, this is the coffee for you. We're going to send it to you. Boom, done. Tried it out. And I was like, oh, trade coffee. You know exactly what you're talking about. Based on based on my uh, my questions that I've answered, um, and if what you get isn't up your alley, but for me it was. But if you're one of these people that are like, oh, they sent me a coffee and I wasn't totally into it, guess what? Trade will have whatever it is that you want 
uh, you can, <clears throat> they will actually replace it for free and match you up with an expert. They'll be like, hey, you know what? The questionnaire didn't work. We're actually going to put a live human being with you and be like, all right, boom, done. Got your coffee for you. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, and you can take their coffee quiz, as I mentioned, and get expertly matched with coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees, like I said, that you will love your first bag. And if you don't, they will work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee that you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash Jared. J-A-R-E-D. That is drinktrade.com slash Jared for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. And we're now rejoined by Pete Blackburn. <clears throat> hey, Pete. Howdy, pal. How are you? I'm good. Mm. Um, when is Pete getting paintballed? When are we doing this? Because know. if you think about it, right? Um, after the season's over, it's going to start to get really cold. And if we shoot you with a paintball gun while it's cold out, that's going to hurt way more. I mean, it hurts as it is, but like, is there like an indoor paintball place around here that we can go to? But I don't think that they'll, <laughs> I don't, maybe they would have to be in on it. Like we'd have to go to the front desk and be like, hey, listen, like we have to shoot Pete. <laughs> and we prefer to do it inside because it's really cold out. Like we'll still pay. We'll still pay and like we'll play around or whatever. Like we'll do an hour, but. First, we have to shoot Pete. The a only lot. thing that I would be worried about is the, the like the liability factor. I bet a lot of places wouldn't want to like sign up for that liability wise. So then we'll shoot them. It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. What liability? Like you would sign a waiver, isn't? Don't, doesn't everyone have to sign a waiver when yeah, they play? I, yeah, I mean, if there's like a waiver involved, then maybe. Yeah. All right, we'll get you to sign a waiver, and we'll they light might you not the fuck be up. Too keen on the idea of like me lining up in front of in front of a fucking firing squad though. <laughs> not sure the waiver qualifies that all i know all i know pete is <laughs> when i line up to shoot you with a paintball gun you can bet your ass i'll have a burning cigarette in my mouth hell yes as will i as i take yeah. the fucking paintballs <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Is that all you bitches got? Oh, man. One good takeaway from this season from Jacob Beck. Jake, I feel like you have a probably good takeaway from the season. What is it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this one's pretty obvious, but Brian Bale, sort of getting to see him and uh, having him become sort of a guy that you might think will be a rotation guy next year. Yeah. Okay. Peter? Uh... I mean, obviously, big takeaway is like, hey, bullpens are cool and you kind of need them. Um, but more importantly for me, uh, need, need more home runs. Need a, need a big home run guy. Mm -hmm. Need some dongs in the lineup. Because mm -hmm. it's not been a lot of fun. It's, it's one thing if you, get to, if, you, if you watch a team lose a bunch, but they're, they're hitting home runs and... It creates for a nice little party every once in a while. This team just has very little excitement. Not a lot of juice in the bats. Don't love that. Especially having to watch 
Aaron Judge hit 60 for the Yankees. Like, I just look at that, and I'm like, damn, that seems like fun. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest takeaway. A positive takeaway from this season. <clears throat> um, there weren't many. Uh, I guess it would be seeing Xander finish strong, you know, like when people were wondering, like, will the the contract stuff affect his play on the field? It hasn't like his defense has been better than ever and he's in the hunt for a batting title. So I guess Xander finishing strong is up there. There just haven't been a lot of like, wow, this, well, this was good. I don't know. Can we get a sock signatures ad read, please? Yes. Um, the Section 10 Podcast is brought to you by Sock Signatures. Sock Signatures is the leader in autographs and game use memorabilia of tomorrow's Boston baseball stars. Visit SockSignatures.com today for unique items and the best prices on Socks prospects from Lowell to Boston. Use promo code Section 10 to get 10% off your first order at Sock Jake? Yeah, I'm out on this one. You just follow my lead, Jake. Doc, just say dot com. Dot com. Dot com! Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Man, what an iconic ad read. As soon as you started, I knew every fucking word. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's one that's just burned into my brain. I just... That's, that was one of the coolest. Very impressive that you can do that from memory. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's like the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, I mean when we did the when we did the live shows in 2018, I would do the Sox Sigs ad read, and the crowd did it like it was a fucking song. It's amazing. <laughs> what a piece of advertising. <clears throat> um. What has been the most memorable interview that you've ever done? Also, is Yelich as charming as he seems asking for a friend? Yes. He's a very nice. He's not one of like there's definitely dudes that like are like very nice and charming for the cameras. And then behind closed doors, they're like raunchy. Yelich is just like he's cool as fuck all the time. Polite, charming, nice young boy. Um, most memorable interview. <clears throat> probably probably the David Ortiz interview for like episode one of Colin Poppy like growing up a diehard Red Sox fan seeing 2004 as a sophomore in high school and then seeing David Ortiz's entire career uh, as a young adult and then getting told like you can interview him about his literal entire career as long as much time as you need it was like almost two hours <clears throat> and to do that in person while sitting in his like living room that was something i don't i don't know how like on a personal level i don't know how i topped that one um but yeah i'd pick that one last year peter uh in the context of of like this show uh it's obviously the pedro martinez one the one oh question. god i fucking forgot about that the one question like that's that's the only that's the one question that i will remember in section 10 lore Mm -hmm. so that's an easy pick for me in the context of this show would you fuck 
Sandra Bullock. While he's sitting next to his wife. You asked uh, him I didn't know that. It was a phone interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I feel like that clip gets exponential play if it happens today, but it was 2015 in the wild west of the internet and podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <clears throat> How should we, this is from Sammy, how should we as Sox fans handle our emotions towards Judge's season? Obviously, we want the Yankees to fail miserably like they usually do, but this is odd. The better he plays, the higher his price and the lower the chances of him returning to New York. But he's still a Yankee. Um, I think I think we kind of like touched on this in the beginning, like when we opened up with some judge talk. I am enjoying the home run chase as a Red Sox fan. Like, I, I don't think that uh, I think luckily, not luckily, it's kind of bittersweet, honestly, because I do miss I do miss the days when it was fuck the Yankees no matter what. <laughs> Uh, like 2003, if, if this were 2003 and Aaron judge was, was on 60 homers about to play the Red Sox. Um, I mean, of course I, I would prefer that 61 doesn't happen against the Red Sox. Like it would be, it would be very funny if like the Yankee fans had to wait because of four homerless games against the Red Sox, but let's face it, he's probably going to do it against the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, if you're a Red Sox fan, they're in last place. Uh, judge is not an asshole. Like he's, he seems like a pretty good dude. So he, he's like one of those guys where it's like, yeah, it's easy to root for judge. It's a fun season. Everyone loves homers. That's like the true testament of American society. Like we love homers so much that we'll get excited. Even if you're a Red Sox fan and it's a Yankee that's doing it like that's, that's the true test. I know that all Red Sox fans don't feel that way. Uh, but I feel like a lot of Red Sox fans do. Like, I feel like a lot of Red Sox fans like, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like I want to see it. People want to see history Um, and it just helps that he's not, there's no cloud of suspicion around him uh, and he's just not an asshole. So it helps. Yeah, I mean, you touch on like a lot of the points that I I kind of embrace. It's like, uh, you know, he's not a, doesn't seem like a bad dude. Like if this was like a rod on the Yankees, I would, would not be cheering for it. Um, You know, it doesn't hurt that he's, he's not an asshole uh, is driving up his price. The Red Sox are out, so it's not like he's directly hurting the Red Sox. There's just not a lot of reason not to root for it. I just I like the idea of getting to witness history um, as a sports fan, no matter when it happens. Uh, ideally, you'd like to see it not involve it benefiting your most hated team, but sometimes that's the pill you got to swallow, and you kind of have to try to enjoy it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Lizzie said, not a question, but can I get a birthday shout out? Happy birthday, Lizzie. Happy birthday, Lizzie. Would you rather bat against Tim Wakefield's knuckle or pitch against Ortiz? <laughs> uh, I would rather bat against Wakefield because like at, at least you've got like somewhat of a fighting chance and it'd be very fucking cool to, uh, to see a knuckleball from like a world-class knuckleballer. And see how that thing fucking dances. I already know exactly what I'm getting if I'm pitching to Ortiz. It's like he's taking me a billion, billion feet to the fucking moon. And I feel like a like a tiny little human who doesn't deserve to be on the same playing surface as him. Uh, at least with Wakefield, you could give yourself a shot. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, I feel like you could luck into one there. Jared, on a scale from one to 10, how cool is TC off air? He seems like the kind of guy you meet at a buddy's barbecue, drink a bunch of beers with, and then hug way too many times before the night's over. <laughs> TC is awesome. TC is, uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of like the same off air as he is on air. I feel like on air, he's, I mean, he seems like that guy. Like, he's just like, yeah, he's fucking, if you saw him at a barbecue, you'd give him a bunch of hugs. <laughs> I would say he's probably more personable, like, than you'd expect. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's definitely some broadcasters that are absolute robots. Like, TC is a normal dude. Like, when you talk to him off the air, like, he, he, he'll he talk to you just like how anyone else talks to you. He's a, he's a normal dude. Yeah. Good sense of humor. Not super, like, buttoned up. Like, he is no. buttoned up, but he's not. Like, he is. He's not, yeah. He's not. Yeah. Um, he drafted me in the um the media hockey game at Fenway like three mm. years ago. So always will hold a soft spot in my in my heart for TC. Yeah, I mean, I just I obviously have a tremendous amount of respect for his body of work, like being the guy. Like I was actually thinking about that today, like when I was at the studio, and uh, TC was obviously he was there before. I got there and then we go on the air and then I'm home watching the game on my couch and then the game ends and then uh, there's TC back there again. Um, and it's like, those Dude, are Mr. Nesson. Those are long days. Those are long nights. Like you're making a tremendous sacrifice. I mean, wife, kids, family. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get to go home after the games. Like after the game is over, I still get to do this. Like there's some, like we're doing this right now. It's, it's about midnight right now on the East coast. Uh, but we do this twice a week. He does that every night. <laughs> he does it every night. It's like game's over. And now I got to get behind a microphone. Uh, it's like, I have a tremendous amount of, amount of respect for what he's done professionally, but like outside of his profession, like TC is just an awesome dude. So yeah, he's also Mr. Nesson, and like Nesson is not a place that retains talent very well. Yeah. And yeah. he's just been there forever. I can't mm -hmm. remember sports without Tom Karen. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, a lot of people end up going national from Nesson. That's usually what happens. It's like, you know, it's not like it's, it's not like, like Nesson like has talent. Bad. Yeah, Nesson's not a place where it's like you have talent that just disappears and isn't in the business anymore if if nesson doesn't have talents because they went national so yeah tc being a local guy and you can tell that he actually cares about the red Sox, and he's like the number one thing about him that i've noticed not jaded like no. he it's like the idea of doing the job to him is not like oh, i just gotta go back and do this again like no he's fucking loves it <laughs> and like that's it's hard to keep that passion i think especially when you're when it's baseball like football fine yeah show up you know there's one game a week and whatever baseball every day every night and they're long games and you're there before the game starts and then your game out after the after the game ends every day so yeah love tc uh yeah i don't think he gets enough credit no he doesn't let's get tc back on the podcast jake book tc Any update or ideas for the name of the podcast? Not that name redacted isn't fire. What do you think, Pete? I don't know. Like we, 
I don't know. It's just like until we can get the other name back, we may as well just stay fucking name redacted. Yeah. I at least want to change like the fucking social handles and everything else to name redacted. I hate, I hate like Carabas Pod. I hate that. Hate it. Very placeholder energy. Yeah. And it's very like, look at me. Like, I think I'm important enough to have the whole show named after me when there's like five fucking six people on it. I don't, I don't like it. Um, yeah, I would much rather have it be name redacted because if we can't use section 10, then I would rather have it be a like, fuck you for not letting me have section 10. than Karabas pod. I don't, I just don't like that. So. I feel like if there was if there was a Jared Carabas show, that show has nothing to do with baseball. That show is about Sidney Sweeney's boobs. I'd be on that show too. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great Sign show. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Jake was at my apartment earlier. It's because we had to try out the win reality virtual uh, reality baseball training thing. Um fucking awesome <laughs> it was so cool like i have i have like a, a virtual reality device already but like i didn't use it for games or anything so uh i can't remember if i had told this before but um it was at one of the winter weekend i don't I can't remember if you were there or not you might have been there winter weekend after 2018 the red Sox had it was called like the virtual reality dugout or something like that. And you could put on the headset and you would like look around and like they, were, they had one camera that was in the clubhouse during the World Series celebration. So you could watch that. You put on another one and you were on the duck boat for the World Series parade. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy fuck, this is my duck boat. This is the one that I'm on. Like you basically like I can relive the best day of my life in virtual reality. Like this is so fucking cool. I was like, how do I get this? So... When they started letting fans back in 2021, the Red Sox gave me that. And like they loaded the footage onto it and they gave me the fucking the headset. So I have that. Uh, but I had never used it for games or anything. I feel like I would like that. I feel like I, I don't know why I don't do more of that. Um, or just like video games in general. I feel like I, I just need to like be doing things that aren't baseball related sometimes. It's game. I would love to. Game, let's stream. Let's try what what like what games do you play that I would like to play? Do you think? I don't know. I just do. I do like mostly like Warzone and uh, sports games. Yeah, like I saw like like the uh, Silent Hill, like virtual yeah, reality. I have no interest in doing that in fucking virtual reality. Fuck that. No <laughs> that would chance. be so cool. Yeah, they have like a Michael Myers like virtual reality. But like I, I would like some shit like that. Me and my buddies um, have done Poker Night in VR, and that's pretty sick. Oh. Yeah, I got to figure this out. Yeah, virtual reality. I'm just going to become virtual reality, Jared. Like, I'm just not going to live in the real world anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. Anymore. I'm just doing straight up virtual reality. Like, you live in the real world now. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Um, so, Jake comes over. We set up the win reality headset. Uh, and I'm just massacring fast falls off of uh i mean so people are like what game is this and it's not a game it's it's a training tool for baseball players like it's not like there's no like point system it just tells you like you know this is how many swings you took this is how many pitches you swung at in the strike zone 
This is how many pitches you swung at out of the strike zone. Um, this is like you were early. How many times you were early? How many times you were late? Uh, the, the so it starts off as like a, you get ten pitches, fastballs right down the middle, all strikes. So you get your timing down. Then it's like, all right, now we're going to give you ten fastballs, but some are going to be balls. So like you have to be able to like see which ones are out of the strike zone. Uh, and then on the third one, it's like, all right, now we're going to do fastballs, changeups, curveballs, whatever. So that's when it gets a little tricky, but I obviously still dominated, but I did have it set to uh, 10 and under. He was, I think he was 10 years old and but he was throwing like 55, 55 from, um, what is the mat? Like, what is it? 40 feet? I think like it's 60 feet, six inches on a big league diamond. But I think like at that level, it's, uh, I think it's like 40 some feet. Look that up, Jake. I think it's like 40-something feet, and he's throwing 55. So that's basically like 98. And I was just crushing homers off this 10-year-old. Um, so yeah, when reality, the VR baseball training application available on the MetaQuest 2 that gives players access to unlimited game speed reps no matter where they are. You can even use your own bat. We have the attachment. You can put it on the bat. Um, I'm going to put it on a lighter bat so I can still just like absolutely crush homers. Um, when reality pitcher library consists of 600 pitches from eight and under to pro from the release, the spin to the speed hitters get the chance to study every pitch and then hit in the real game. When reality gives players of all levels of variety of workouts that are focused on pitch recognition, timing, and decision-making. When reality is used by a majority of MLB teams, including NL MVP frontrunner Paul Goldschmidt. It's also used by hundreds of colleges across the nation. Hitters love it. Coaches rave about it. Parents love what it has done for their players' enjoyment of baseball. When reality isn't a game, like I said, it's a revolutionary tool that improves hitting in real uh, in the real game of baseball, in season, off season, and in any weather. Hitters can see increased confidence and improvement at the plate. When reality allows players to train anywhere, anytime against game speed pitches with their coaches and teammates. Uh, they can't replicate that in practice. Train in here, improve their game out there. Players who train with win reality acquire skills seven times faster than traditional training methods. And if you'd like to get in on the mix, head to winreality.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D to sign up today. Um, I loved it. <laughs> like I'm that's that's definitely something that I'm gonna be doing all off season in my spare time. Just waking up, just like Doug Mirabelli, just fucking standing there in my underwear, just taking hacks. Dougie's going deep tonight. Imagine, imagine if Doug Mirabelli had training like that. How many homers he would? What do you think? What do you think, Pete? What was Doug Mirabelli's career high in homers? I'm going to tell you right now, off the top of my head, that his career high in homers was in 2003. But how many do you think it was? Single season. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna say 13. I was I was wrong. It was 2001. It was 11. I was about to guess like 20 something homers. It was 11. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why yeah, do I, I mean, feel like, like Doug Mirabelli had like a monster fucking season one year? I mean, no, 11's not even a lot for a backup catcher. Like. I don't know. Like he did hit tanks. Maybe he did. As, maybe as a kid, it just felt like those tank jobs counted for two or three. 
He just, I think it was the no batting gloves thing. And then when he hit him, he socked him. Yeah. He, a lot of like uh, Christian Vasquez in that regard. Yeah. Where if he got a hold of it, he got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of cheapies. Right. The Woo Sox asked, why haven't you made it to a Woo Sox game yet? I want to go. I want to go. Are they still playing games? They're in the playoffs. Should we go to the Woo Sox game, Pete? Would you go with me? I feel like he wouldn't go. I would go with if, it, if I got a paintball taken away. Just one? Yeah. All right. That's a fair trade. Cool. <laughs> then, yeah. The answer is yeah. I would, I would go. All right. That was an easy one. Yeah. I, I, would, love to, I would love to go to a Woo Sox game. Yeah. It's not a matter of not wanting to go. I want to go. But I also, I want to make content while we're there. So I'm trying to like line something up. I've been in contact with a couple of people at the Woo Sox and like, I want to go there and I want to see their facility that, I mean, all the players are raving about it. They're like, yeah, like this is the real deal. As far as the minor leagues go, if you go to a Woo Sox game, like you're getting the real deal as a player. So I want to see that. You should, you should ask them instead of throwing out the first pitch, you should ask them if you can fire the first paintball. I'll stand at home plate with my shirt off and you can shoot me in the chest with a paintball gun instead of throwing a first pitch. What if I miss and just fucking smoke someone in the face that's in the front row? Well, that that's part of the deal that, well, yeah, that'd be a problem. That's part of the deal that I don't know. We have to discuss when the time comes is like, do you get 16 shots? I think we've already discussed this. I think it's, I think it's 16 hits. Okay. All right. That's I just need to, need to put that out there. I want to say that you've agreed to this verbally I on have, a previous I podcast. I, I definitely yeah. have. I just didn't recall if it was like 16 paintballs or 16. Am I wrong about this, Jake? Did he say 15 shots or 15 hits? No, I think he, they, they all need to make contact. <laughs> all right. That's all. I was just curious. Wasn't trying to snake out of it. That's, that's the integrity in you. Mm-hmm. I think the the one thing that we need to negotiate that we haven't is what's the distance? 10 feet? I mean, <laughs> 10 feet is fucking close, dude. <laughs> I, I think the, the distance uh, from a pitcher's mound to home plate. 60 is, feet, 6 inches. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that seems fair. What are you, what are you saying, Jake? Well, I mean, is it going to be like a sniper rifle or like a? Because if if we get a Paintball long range, guns fucking fire pretty pretty hard. Yeah, they no, do. Like sixty I mean, feet if away. We, if we get a high powered one from sixty feet, it's going to feel like ten. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I thought you were arguing that we're moving too far away. You're actually looking up for me. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate you. Hmm. I don't know. We're gonna have to handle the logistics. <laughs> We'll have to we'll have to like consult an expert. A paintball expert. So I don't know if there are any out there that will offer up their services to us, but that would be nice. You know? We'll see. Um all right. Do we uh is there are there any other oh fucking Garrett Whitlock? Getting hip surgery totally just slipped through the cracks. I saw that today. That news came out yesterday. Did you see that today or yesterday, Jake? 
I saw that last night, I think. Yeah. Garrett Whitlock. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't have much to say on it other than, yeah, it makes sense. Because, I mean, I saw the reports that he, he, was, he was walking around like, like an elderly person. And then, I don't know. There's something, there's something up with that. I, like, I don't know why at that point, given where the season's at, that you would try and fight through that. And then obviously now we're at where we're at, where he's getting hip surgery. Um, but I just, I don't want, I don't want another fucking season of like, is he going to start? Is he not going to start? Just please keep him in the fucking bullpen. Please. Like, I, 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 it's not like I, it wasn't a huge sample size, but it wasn't a small one either with, with Whitlock in the, rotation i just didn't it's not even about like the, the runs that he gave up it was I've, I've i've said this a ton of times it, it was the the drop off in stuff was so substantial that why like if you were to just point blank ask someone the question do you want an elite relief pitcher or do you want a mediocre starter which one do you want who the fuck is taking mediocre starter you can get one of those guys anywhere. You can't get elite relievers anywhere. Especially ones that you're paying what they're paying Garrett Whitlock. Like, look, I mean, it's an extreme example, but like, look at what they pay to roll this Chapman in New York. That's a fuck ton of money for a reliever who now sucks. Like, you have an elite, much younger reliever in Garrett Whitlock. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I would sign up for. So hopefully they make the right decision. I don't trust them to do that because they already... They already made the wrong decision, so who fucking knows? But Garrett Woodluck had hip surgery. Great. Good, great, grand, wonderful. Um, were there any other news items with the Red Sox, Jake? Was there anything going on? Not really. Um, not really, besides our watch party coming up. Oh, yeah. Friday night. Cask and flag and me, Jake. Uh, Pat, did Pat fucking, Pat said he was hundred percent doing it. And then when we put out the, the tweet for it, he said, maybe. No, I think he said maybe he'd pay for everyone's drinks, but he's going to oh, be there. Oh, okay. Okay. Tyler will be there and he has promised to get the drunkest that he's ever been in his life. He said. Red Sox, Yankees. You know what? The other thing is too, that I, I, I forget who mentioned this today. Um, it's going to be an Apple TV game at the cask. Like, do they have Apple TV at the cask? Yeah, I emailed them. They got it. You asked them about it? Yep. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, this is one of those things where I put it in the back of my mind. Like, oh, uh, I know I need to make this a known thing. We can't just like walk in there day out and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's on Apple TV. So you guys are going to have to get that on every TV in here. So that's good. That's good that we have that under control. Friday, me, Tyler, Jake, Pat. Who else is on the show? That's it, right? Yeah, Pete's, Pete's got a wedding. a wedding. Pete's had a wedding. Um, but other than that, we're all going to be there. It's not a live show. It's just, you know, it's a watch party. We're going to be, which is almost like, at this point, it's better. Trust me. That's the better option. A live show, those are electric when the Red Sox are good. But when they're bad, we just want to hang out with you guys. Have some blue moons, watch the game, and uh, see Yankee Twitter absolutely meltdown if Aaron Judge hits 61 or 62 for the Apple TV broadcast, which 
Um, it's not a shot at them. <clears throat> it's just that obviously they would prefer Michael K for that call. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Like Ortiz's 500th home run, that was Orsillo on the call. If that was like, uh, like a Fox Saturday game, I'd be like, fuck. I feel the same way. So <clears throat> hopefully it happens on Friday. Upset. I was a little upset that uh, John Boy made such a cool video with the fucking the judge and Stanton home runs this morning. He did he put out a video uh, like setting it to like to the the theme and like the style of Moneyball, and it was so cool. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was a great video. I was really upset about it. Huh. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen Jimmy in a while. <clears throat> I love those guys. They were here for Red Sox Yankees before the All-Star break. Back when Alex Verdugo broke Clay Holmes, who's still broken, by the way. Gave up that three-run shot Yankee Stadium to the Pittsburgh Pirates of all teams. Not great. Not great. Um, all right, you want to do a little stop and shop look ahead and then fucking go to bed? Hell yeah, brother. Fuck yeah. All right. The Stop and Shop Look Ahead brought to you by Stop and Shop. (laughs) Uh, Game one, Thursday. It's a four-game set in Yankee Stadium. The Red Sox are six and nine. Nice. Against the Yankees this year with a negative 27 run differential, but uh, that's because a couple blowout losses. That'll do it to you. That'll do it to you. Michael Walker versus Jamison Tyon, who I jinxed. I cursed him the night that I threw out the first pitch. I cursed the mound before his start, and I will not lift that curse. I refuse. Um, Walker versus Tyon. That game will be on Fox. 7-15. Thursday. Rich Hill versus Garrett Cole. That's the Friday game. That one's on Apple TV. Nick Pavetta versus Domingo Herman. Noted piece of shit. Domingo Herman. That game, Saturday, is at 105. Brian Bayo takes them out in the finale versus Nestor Cortez. That game is 705. It is fucking Sunday night baseball, which means Sunday night, we're going to do the podcast and like start at like one o'clock in the morning. It's going to suck. So, Pete, you're probably out on that one. Not necessarily. Mm. Mm, so, maybe for Pete. Okay. All right. Nestor versus Bayo. 705 Sunday Night Baseball. Jamison Tyon. He's having an okay year. 13 and 5, a 404 ERA, a 113 whip, 7.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, he only has three games all year with more than two walks. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. By the way, the uh, someone on the Section 10 Reddit pointed out uh, one of the notes that I had in here via Connor was um, the, uh, the dude the dude that pitched in the first game against the Reds, I was like, yeah, this guy fucking hits everyone. He hit three Red Sox hitters in that game. I was like, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for this guy to drill someone. He literally hits everybody. He hit three Red Sox batters in that game. Um, the Yankees are 21 and eight when Tyon starts this year. Uh, they also score six runs a game when he's on the mound. He's faced the Red Sox three times already this season. He has a five ERA against them. 15 hits and 10 earned runs, five homers allowed in 18 innings. Red Sox have won two out of the three times that he's pitched against them. Uh, Devers, four for 11 with a couple homers. Tommy Pham, seven for 17, three doubles with an OPS over 1,000. 
Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, my buddy, 12 and 7, 341 ERA, 103 whip, and an 11.6 strikeouts per nine. He leads the American League this year in home runs allowed. What a fucking bum. The amount of money that the Yankees pay this guy to give up more home runs than any other pitcher who plays the sport is pathetic. Path- you're a loser. He's two home runs away from tying his career high of 31. So rest assured, he's going to tie his career high against the Red Sox on Friday. Uh, He gave up, what, three home runs his last time against the Red Sox? Fucking Xander, Casas, and who was the other one, Jake? Reese. Yep. Reese McGuire. Uh, He's allowed multiple home runs in seven games. He's allowed multiple home runs in seven games. The Yankees are five and two in those games, by the way. Uh, his 1.4 home runs per nine is 0.4 higher than his career number of 1.0. It is tied for the second worst number of his career. Um, he's made 30 plus starts in five straight seasons. Good for him. Good for him. He has his worst ERA since 2017. That was his last year at Pittsburgh before he started cheating. He has a 340 FIP, which is much higher than his career 312. He's allowed four earned runs in back-to-back starts. He's got a 4.58 ERA and a 5.09 FIP in September. Bum. He's faced the Red Sox four times this year. The Yankees are somehow 4-0 in these games. But Garrett Cole has a 5.48 ERA in those games. With a one whip and a 12.5 strikeouts per nine. 17 hits, 14 earned runs, 7 home runs. And six walks in 23 innings. The Yankees are 19 and 11 when he starts, despite his uh, 5.4 runs of support. He's getting hit extremely hard this year, 19th percent in um, in bowel percentage, 29th percentile in average exit velocity. The 89.2 average exit velocity is the second worst of his career. Uh, Devers eight for 36 home runs against Garrett Cole. Bogey's got three home runs now. Sneaky, sneaky. Everyone talks about Devers against Garrett Cole, but Bogey has taken him deep now three times. And I don't even know if that counts the the wild card game. So it might be four. Let's just call it four. JD also has a couple home runs against Garrett Cole. Domingo Herman. Um, this is his fifth season in Major League Baseball, and he's never had a strikeouts per nine worse than um, nine in the first four. This season, it is 6.4. Strikeouts are down. His 312 ERA looks good, but the 420 FIP tells the real story. He stinks. His last appearance was out of the bullpen, and the time before that, he was an opener who threw an inning. He faced the Red Sox once this year, six innings, five hits, one earned run in a no decision, uh, a game that the Red Sox would go on to win. The Yankees are 5-7 and seven when he pitches. In 2017, uh, he came up throwing 96.3 miles per hour. Last year, he was throwing 93.4. And this year, it is down to 97.92.7. Um, Verdugo, 4 for 11, couple doubles and a homer. Bogart, 6 for 20, couple doubles and a homer. And then in the finale, we have Nestor Cortez. 10 and 4, a 267 ERA, an 097 whip, and 9.1 strikeouts per nine. He's coming back from an injury. So the Yankees are building him back up slowly. Uh, he's thrown 58, 65, and now 87 pitches in his first three starts since returning. He has a 230 ERA in 13 starts at Yankee Stadium this year. Uh, the Red Sox own his ass, though. Uh, 519 ERA against the Red Sox, a 173 whip. 
11 hits, five earned runs, two homers in eight and two thirds innings. The Yankees somehow won both of these games. They are 17 and nine when he starts. Um, Devers, three for 11, couple doubles, couple homers. And then Ref Snyder, five for eight with a double, 1375 OPS. So there you go. And by the way, people were asking, uh, obviously, about Aaron Judge in this series. Um, Aaron Judge is 0 for 14 with one walk and nine strikeouts against Michael Walker. Yeah. Yeah. So walk daddy. That's going to be the matchup that everyone's talking about on Thursday. Is he going to hit 61 against the Red Sox on Thursday? Again, that is 0 for 14 with nine strikeouts against Michael Walker. But I'm sure there's some fucking slap dick in the bullpen that will come up there and groove one right down the cock to old Aaron. So if you're hoping for, for a homer on Friday, just wait until Walker's seven shutout innings are complete and you might have a chance. Prediction time. By the way, I was correct. On my Cincinnati Reds split prediction, I'm 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 shooting for like points now. Before I was trying to get cute with it and be like, yeah, I'm gonna say that the Red Sox win fucking two out of three, or I'm gonna say that they win three out of four, or I'm gonna say that they're gonna sweep. Uh, I was I was trying to get cute with it. Now now I'm coming for that ass. I don't even know where we are. I, I think his name is Nick. I believe. Sorry, Nick. I know we've tweeted a lot. Um, I think it's it's Nick with no K that does the. Um, he keeps track of our predictions and I'm, I'm, I'm coming for blood. Like I want to, I want to get back in the, I think I have to win out. I think I have to win out for a chance to tie. I have a question uh, about the scoring. Um, proceed. Does so like, I, I know that like he highlights when we get it right. And I know mm-hmm. that there's like a percentage of, uh, I think it's what the percentage of picks that we get right attributed to each person. It should be. Yeah. There's just points. I think it's just like. Whoever gets the most, like if you're not here, it's your fault. No, 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 no. I get no, I get that. But like, is the point system tallied by like, say you predict the Sox are going to take two out of three. If they sweep, do you get two out of three possible points or do you know? Is it all or nothing? I think it's all or nothing. I think it's just if you get it correct, then it's a point. All right. Well, I think that if we're going to continue this into next season, we have to change the scoring system. It's too late now. But, but then it would it would change like like you could just pick sweep every time and just collect points even if you're wrong all the time. Yeah, but I I think that it's like the percentage of points. Like so, but like you, what, if, pick, what if if you predict sweep? If you, you if you predict get, sweep, you get points every time. Then. Yeah, but, but you get unless points, they get swept, you get points by guessing that they're going to lose too. Like if they lose those games, you get those points. You know, like you can say three, you can say they sweep every time, but if they only win one game, you're getting one out of a possible three points. Whereas if you were to pick them winning one out of three games, you would get three out of three points. Yeah. That's almost like you're wagering. It's almost like you're wagering though. Cause like if I say two out of three, and then it's two out of three. Then I only get two points. No, you get you get three points because you correctly guessed the loss. Oh, we'll have to figure that out. Like that's the way that the scoring should work in terms of like getting credit for correct guesses. 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to figure out a point system. The next year, I'm going to try. I started to try once once the results were Next posted. year, we have like, to have like a grand prize at the end of the year for the winner. Have some like stakes to it. Maybe we'll get Omaha Stakes as a sponsor Ooh. and then you just win a bunch of stakes. I would fucking be all out for that shit. Did we, we had Omaha Stakes, right, Jake? Right this year? Yeah, we had them earlier. Yeah. Like we're raising the stakes this year with Omaha Stakes. Hell yeah. That'd be great. Last place has to get slapped in the face with a steak. It's still frozen. Yeah. So it's like a brick. Yeah, right. <sighs> yeah, I can see that. All right. Four game series against the New York Yankees in the Bronx. Aaron Judge going for 61. Um, Jake, what do you got? I think the Red Sox are going to sweep because... <laughs> It'd be the most 2022 Red Sox thing of all time to sweep the Yankees when it just doesn't matter at all. That's a good point. That is a good point. Uh, Peter. I was going to say sweep to troll. Um, Jake does make a good point that that would be extremely fitting, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more going to stick with the trend of just saying that they, they split. I think two out of four. They'll find a way to fuck a couple of them up or they'll get blown out in one and they'll fuck up another one and then they'll get like two two pretty impressive wins that you can't even feel good about. I think also if we do this next year for a prize, then I can't text Coley and be like, what's your pick? Because if you're not here, why should you get points? Unless they count as like half points. I don't know. I mean, you could always, we could always have just like a guest picker and have it not count towards the, uh, not to- count towards the standings. Hmm. Hmm. See, I was going to go split, but now that Pete said split, I don't know if I can go split. And I don't know if I feel. I don't know if I feel three out of four. I don't know if I feel a sweep in either direction. <sighs> Let me look at these matchups again. Walk a tie on. Walk a tie on. I feel like that's a win. I'm getting a phone call right now from. Should I answer it and put him on the air? Who is it? <laughs> Donaldson. <laughs> I'll call him back. We're almost done. Uh, Waka. All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one out of four. <laughs> All right. Uh, apparently, I get, I get to answer this call. Don't know what it's about, um, but I'll get back to you. Uh, we'll see you on Monday morning. We'll see you at the party on Friday. We'll see you at the party. Cask and Flag in 7 p.m. Red Sox, Yankees. Be there. Everyone's going to be there. Uh, enjoy your weekend of Red Sox baseball. We'll hope to see you on Friday. If not, we'll catch you back here on Monday morning for the podcast. Bye. Buenas noches, amigos.